Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this special edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. Coming to you live from the Vintage Cigar and Whiskey Bar here in Gastonia, right here on Main Street. And it's the first night that we've been doing our cigar club. It's the very first time that we've done a cigar club. You guys who listen to me know that I love my cigars and I smoke my cigars. And a lot of times when I'm on video, having to do live video conferences with the station, I have a cigar in my hand because I'm usually doing it outside. So again, this is a really, really cool event. We've got about I don't know, 40, 50 people so far that have showed up and people are still walking through the door. So this is a really cool thing. So we've got a couple things that I am going to get into tonight. And we're going to continue to do some politics and stuff like that. And because, look, election, you've got Friday and Saturday of early voting and only a half a day Saturday. So you got Friday, half a day Saturday, and then Tuesday. You do not have early voting on Monday. So Tuesday is when all the primaries, you've got a lot of congressional races that are very important that a lot of people are going to be looking into. But we're going to get into that later on. The first thing I want to get into now, though, is the cigar situation going on. Like I said, you guys know that I am a big cigar guy. And this is why, like, actually it was the idea of my boss, Mike Schaefer, to have a cigar club. It was about a year and a half ago. He came up with the idea. And here we are a year and a half later. And the first time we're doing this, we had an, ex this is, this is incredible. People driving all the way here to Gastonia from Cabarrus County, Lake Wiley, Waxhaw, uh, Belmont, I mean, just a, a Charlotte. And so this is a really big turnout. And I wanted to start off with Dan Weiss. I've had him on the show. The very first time I met Dan was when donor, Dan is the owner of the Vintage in, Gast in Gastonia and in Charlotte, the one in Dilworth, right next to the Dunkin' Donuts on South Boulevard. But I had Dan on because he opened up a cigar place in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. In February, March of 2021, when everyone was closing, Dan was opening up. And that was a very unusual thing. So that's why I remember doing a big, long interview with Dan about that back in 21. And so here we are three years later. And Dan, from where we've come, from where you've come, I should say, from three years ago, opening up that first, uh, the first cigar lounge in Charlotte, in the height of COVID, when everyone was closing down, to now you've got two locations and you've got a big crowd here tonight. Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild three years. It, it really has, Brett. Um, we're so blessed to be in business. We're so blessed to have wonderful members, wonderful guests. Uh, I'm so proud of the staff that we have built. I'm so proud of the organization we've built. We've built more than just a business. We've built a community, a community of, of people who want to hang out, want to have fun. Uh, you know, cigars, 
bring people together. They bring people together because they slow people down. They, they allow them to have a great conversation, connect. Uh, we have a divided country. It's just, it's just the reality of things. Uh, but cigars give you that opportunity to sit down with people you, you may not know and get to know them a little bit better. We're so blessed. We appreciate it. Well, here's the thing about cigars. And anyone who listens to the show knows of my dating exploits that are just up and down and disastrous most of the time. But, you know, when, I, when, you, know, when you meet a woman or something for the first time, they say, no smoking. I, I, I don't put up with smoking. I say, well, I smoke cigars. And they always say, oh, well, that's okay. I like cigars. Or I like to smell cigars. So people treat cigars differently than they ever have cigarettes or pipes. And to your point, no one seems to ever be offended by a cigar. Agreed. Agreed. It, it's a, it's a, it's a luxury item. It's a, it's an item that just really has uh, no, no particular, uh, you know, station in life. Uh, I sit down. I go to different cigar lounges across the country. Uh, I meet people from all walks of life, and I will tell you that uh, it's 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 just a great it's just a great thing. So, uh, well, so full disclosure, and you know, Dan and I went to the same high school. Dan's two years older. And I never let him forget that. Um, but we had not met. And so when he was a senior, I was a lowly sophomore in high school. We had never met. We have a very close mutual friend who introduced us one night. And Dan and I just started talking before his vintage cigar shop had even opened. It was still under construction. And we were talking one night with no heat, freezing our rear ends off in February. And then we realized we grew up near each other. We knew a lot of the same people, went to the same high school. And here we are three years later, and you said the exact same thing happened to you again tonight. Uh, it, it happens constantly. Uh, you know, you and I met uh, with, with a mutual friend of ours. We had even no idea that we, we grew up in exactly the same town, driving exactly the same streets, going to exactly the same schools. And uh, here we are just, just connecting. And, and I, I connect with all kinds of people. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm sitting here in this Gastonia lounge. I'm talking to this gentleman. Uh, we, we get to talking. He is a well digger. Okay. I lived in Gastonia for many years. I had a well. I had to hire uh, his company and, and come to find out he was the guy that actually came out to my house on a regular basis and helped me with my well. Uh, we would have not have connected face to face had it not been for sitting down, having a cigar and just talking and chatting. And I think that's what this thing does. It just brings people together. All right, so talk to me a little bit about the vintage here in Gastonia. You haven't had it that long. It's relatively new. You, you just had your three-year anniversary of the one in South Park, or excuse me, in, uh, on South, off of South Boulevard right there in Dilworth. So talk about this particular one because the setup's different, the layout's different. Like, this, this place is, like, I'm not going to lie, this is pretty damn nice. Well, uh, I thank you, but I have to give some props to the original owner of this lounge. Uh, the Hibberts family started this lounge. It was called Whiskars uh, when it was open. They did an amazing job, and I have to give them all the credit to bring this place up to where, where it's at. When we bought the lounge from them and we rebranded it to the vintage, yes, we put our mark on it. Yes, we put our branding on it, but I have to give them uh, some of that credit because they built a beautiful space here, and for that, uh, I'm always going to be appreciative. All right, so we're coming to you once again. This is Dan Weiss. He is the owner of the Vintage in Charlotte and a guest owner of the Vintage Cigar and Whiskey Club, or is it the Cigar and Whiskey Cigar? Like, like cigars, I, I'm never – whiskey's fine, but I prefer cigars over bourbon, and I know I'm going to get yelled at for that. So I would 
cigar is always the first thing that comes to my mind. So it's probably the whiskey cigar bar or club, but I always flip-flop them. Uh, this is the first one, Brett, so, I, you know, it's your show. You can call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> just, just as long as I get the vintage part right. right? There you go, the vintage. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need. Uh, so what's next for these? Because the one at Charlotte's been so successful. This one is a beautiful place. Are you thinking about expanding? You know, we're always thinking. We're always talking. Um, my whole thing and our team's whole thing is we are only as good as the service level of service that we're giving to our guests today, right now. And that's all that matters. Uh, opportunities will come. Opportunities will go. But the most important thing is let's build a great business. Let's build a great community of people. And uh, as opportunities come, we'll evaluate it and see what, what works for us. Well, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you are on live radio. So uh, I, I hope that this won't be the first one, the first and last one. I'm going to hold you to more of these, be it Gastonia, Charlotte, wherever the case may be. If you ever open up a new one in Rock Hill, doesn't matter. I, I, this, I want to keep doing this. Fair, fair. And you're always welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so we are coming to you live from the Vintage in Gastonia, right here on Main Street, uh, Cigar and Whiskey Bar, Whiskey and Cigar Bar. And, again, it's, I, I have full disclosure, I've been a member of the one in Charlotte for quite a while, actually since they opened. And I am a big fan of this place, and this is why we wanted to do the first one here, and the turnout has been absolutely fantastic. Like, this is really, really cool. So, Dan, thanks for your hospitality. Thanks for inviting us into your living room. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Brad, and thank you, WBT. And, and of course, thank you to all our uh, members and guests here tonight. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, so when we come back, I am going to talk a little politics. I'm going to have Dan Barry join us. Now, Dan Barry is a Union County political insider. He's been dealing with, he used to be, I think, on the county commission in Union County. He knows about a lot of politics over there in District 8, the big hotly contested congressional race. So when we come back, we'll have Dan Barry breaking down what's going on in District 8 just before we turn into Election Day. So I'm Brett Jensen coming to you live from the Vintage in Gastonia, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen coming to you live from the Vintage Cigar Whiskey and Cigar Club in Gaston County, in Gastonia, right here on Main Street. And we have a festive, festive night here. I like way more people than I anticipated, and this is awesome. And this is the first one of my cigar club. And again, it's uh, it was an idea that was born about a year and a half ago, and it finally came to fruition. And this has been spectacular. And we're going to do this as often as we possibly can. So this is a great night. So I told you that we're going to talk a little bit of politics. And so right now, we're going to bring on Dan Barry. So Dan Barry has been in Union County politics for a very long time. And he knows he's, a you know, as I like to say, he's got boots on the ground, a mover and a shaker. And he used to be, I think, sir, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I think on the Union County Commission. And so he knows a lot of people and all the stuff going on in Union County. And... District 8, 38% of the vote in District 8 in the Congressional District comes from Union County. 19% from Mecklenburg County, 18% from Cabarrus County. So, Dan, first of all, I appreciate you joining us tonight. 
I'm glad to be on, and I wish I could be over there with you. Well, that makes two of us. This would be, I, I'm telling you, you would really appreciate this. What's going on here? Um, all right, so we've got all of Friday, half of Saturday, and then Election Day on Tuesday. So two and a half days of voting left before the primaries. And what's, what's the sense over there in Union County when you talk to other people that are either in politics or follow it closely in Union County? What's the sense about the District 8 race? God, um, it's exciting to come home and open up your mailbox to see what kind of uh, diatribes are going to get thrown out there from independent expenditure committees and from the candidates. I, you know, my bet is, you know, the Bradford campaign has spent a small fortune um, to to get their brand out there. Um, I think the race has really consolidated down between three or four candidates, none of which have enough support to not move on to a runoff. Um, if you ask each campaign, their campaign is on top, and then they mention two or three others. So you kind of weave through all that and and determine, you know, the, the Bradford campaign, the Balkan campaign, the Harris campaign um, are all right there in the thick of it. And, you know, Lee Brown and Don Brown are mounting a very serious effort. Um, and I think are going to surprise some folks when we see the final numbers. So, so we're talking with Dan Barry in Union County, and who's been a, who's a long time, uh, like I guess you would say, uh, insider of Union County politics, uh, okay. as well as an elected official. But I want to talk to you about. So, you know, you talked about Bradford, and somebody said, "Well, what do you think about the race?" And I always tell them the same thing. Every single candidate has like a, a picadillo, whether it's John Bradford, and they like to say he doesn't live in the district, although he said if he wins, he will buy property and actually move and buy land and pay land taxes, property taxes in the district. You've got Mark Harris. We know what happened with him in 2018 and 2019. He rents an apartment in, in Indian Trail, but his full-time house is in Mooresville. And so we know that. And then we've got Alan Balcom, you know, who is the largest, one of the largest landowners in Union County and a farmer who's been there. His, his family goes back to Union County since like 1750 or something. And then, you know, then you've got Don Brown, who was a JAG. And, and then you've got Lee Brown, who's very well known. And the second time she's run for this district. So when you look at everything involved, what do you think is going to be the determining factor in who wins this race? Um, it is the term in, in the first primary or in the runoff. Oh, um, there you go. It, so, sixty percent of the primary voters for the eighth district Republican primary are going to be in Southern Mecklenburg, Western Cabarrus, and Western Union County suburbs of the Greater Charlotte area, and it's who can get their voters to the polls in that geography. Not that Anson and Richmond counties or Stanley County, who was really turning out the vote, surprisingly, um, don't matter, but there's such a concentration in that area. For example, to date, 9,000 Republican ballots have been cast down here, 6,000 in Mecklenburg County, 3,500, 4,000, I think, in Cabarrus County. That might be yesterday's number, not today's number. And I don't, and I don't remember you know, moving down 74. Your comment about Alan Balkum, not just in Union County land holding, but in the 8th District. He farms all the way down 74. 
I think it's been really intriguing as you go to events to kind of see what's happening with the party activists and what's happening on the ground. Don Brown has been the recipient of the voters that have moved away from Mark Harris. Um, the, the, the John Bradford campaign that really came after Mark uh, the, and d- pulled him down, those voters didn't go to Allen, per se. Some of them ble- bled off to Lee Brown, but the bulk of them really moved to Don Brown, and especially in Western Union County. From Indian Trail to Waxhaw, that Providence Road corridor, um, we've seen a real big move very interesting move for Don Brown, who is wicked smart. I mean, you were there for the debate. He is very, very smart. Talk with Dan Barry, uh, who knows all about the politics in District 8 and has been a long time involved in politics in Union County. So I'm curious, do you think all the negative campaigning from Bradford has had an impact on Harris? Do you think there'll be an impact you can't spend the money he's spending for there not to be an impact. Um, you know, I think you and I talked before Christmas. Mark Harris's name ID was very, very high. The question that I was asking was it high and positive or high with a high negative as a result of the 2018 issues in the, in the Board of Elections, you know, scandal and hearings in 2019. So I think what happened is with the attacks from John Bradford, Harris dropped below the 30% threshold, which is the runoff break. Then you saw the piling on, and Alan Balkum rose in the polls. Mark Harris kind of stabilized in the mid to lower 20s. John Bradford is starting to move up in the polls, and you're consolidating those three. The real question is, is the layering on of this continued negativity, now from Bradford to Alan Balkum, by the way, to push them down further, does that pull a Don Brown or a Lee Brown into second or third place and Mark Harris comes in third or fourth? I don't know the answer. Now, of course, Mark could win the primary and go to the runoff with somebody. Those three are so close together right now. I think it's a very, very tight race with Don or Lee Browns. I can't call them the Browns. We'll confuse them, but Don Brown or Lee Brown perhaps being a spoiler and jumping into the mix in a second or third place if, in Lee's case, Cabarrus County shows up big time for her, and in Don Brown's case, South Mecklenburg and Western Union County show up big for him because Alan Balkum's not doing much in Mecklenburg County, I don't think, whereas John Bradford is doing pretty well in South Mecklenburg and in some portions of Union County, but I think more down east. All right, last question here for Dan Barry, who is uh, you know, who knows all about politics in District 8 and in Union County, in that congressional district. So in about 30, 45 seconds or something real quick, Dan, <coughs> we've, we've seen across the entire state that independents are voting. Now, I know that independents are the biggest party in North Carolina, independents, then Democrats, then Republicans. But we're also seeing a heavy turnout of unaffiliated in Mecklenburg County. And what we're finding out is that 
usually Democrats, or excuse me, uh, usually the unaffiliated vote two to one in favor of Democrats. They usually go, oh, when you pick a primary, most independents vote in a Democrat primary. But what we're seeing across the state and in Mecklenburg County, it's basically 50-50. Why do you think that is? So, well, I think it, it starts at the top, Joe Biden. Um, I, I, I've never won to debate you on the statistics. Independence in Union County break two to one to the Republicans in primary. In Mecklenburg County, they break two to one for the Democrats on a traditional basis. That's more about the urban center versus being a more suburban county. Um, I think it starts at the top that the, the independent voters that are educated and well-informed are sick and tired of the Democratic mantra and what is going on in Washington, D.C., and in the governor's office currently in North Carolina, and looking down at another Josh Stein moving into the governor's office is not appealing to them. We're post-COVID, and there is a hangover from the memories in North Carolina of what the Democrats did shutting down the state and knowing that it's the Republicans that pulled us out of that. Dan Barry, I always appreciate your time and always appreciate your knowledge. I really do appreciate you joining us tonight. I hope we can do it in person next time. It's good to talk, good to, talk to you. You as well, my man. Thanks a lot. All right, when we come back, we're going to actually have a congressional candidate who's here at the cigar thing, at my cigar club here at the Vintage in Gastonia, and she's going to be joining us to talk about that very race. Coming up next, congressional candidate Lee Brown. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to The Vintage in Gastonia. I am Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen, a special show as I am doing my first ever cigar club, and we're going to be doing this on a pretty regular basis. I don't know, once a month, once every six weeks, once every two months, I don't know, but this has been outstanding. Uh, way over, like, way more than 50 people. People that I hadn't expected to show up are here, including one that I haven't seen in probably, oh gosh, 30 years. And uh, just so you know, uh, she's this. Uh, Patrick McHenry is the brother of Nancy. She's not the sister. He's the brother of Nancy. So, anyways, so it's awesome. It's awesome. But, anyways, all right. So, joining me now is Lee Brown, and Lee is uh, running for Congress there in District Eight. We just had Dan Barry on to talk about break things down, and he said about you that you have really grown and matured as a candidate from where you were in 2019 you know so lee what how is the race going we've got two and a half days of voting because saturday's a half day so how how are things going in that final push leading up to election day on uh march 5th i really don't think anybody knows right now that's the most interesting thing about the eighth district is i think it's definitely a toss-up but it's really interesting talking to voters that are getting themselves educated as they come to the polls they really haven't landed on anybody. They love talking directly to a candidate, and they have very specific questions. So I'm feeling very optimistic and confident, and I appreciate Dan's remarks. And I mentioned to someone Tuesday evening at the Sweet Union Ladies Republican event, if you're not better today than you were yesterday, then what have you been doing? Well, right. So, exactly. So 
when you see what's going on with Bradford going after Mark Harris, and now you're seeing Alan Balkum going after Bradford, and you know, and then you know, the fact that you and Don Brown are gaining a lot of traction, and you know, and you know, and even Dan Barry even said that he goes, "That's the thing. When those three keep going after each other, it opens the door for a lot of other people." And he said that he believes that you and Don Brown are gaining a lot of traction because of that. Well, now, to be fair, Don and I are not related. We like Correct. to tell people that, but I've said it over and over again. I'd hire him in a flat minute. He might be the smartest man I've met in a long time. But, you know, you remember 1994. Were you in Charlotte at that time? 94, yes. I was, I was working at the Charlotte Observer. Do you remember what happened in 94? There was a wild fight. And then this wonderful woman walked right up under the people fighting and won, and that was Sue Myrick. And I believe that's entirely possible right now that when you have an election that is full of, I mean, they're very truthful accusations that are flying back and forth. The voters do hit a point of exhaustion and say, you know what, we would like to have a positive, respectable representative, and I think I bring that to the table. You know, with all the mailers and everything that each side and then the, then the TV commercials, for someone like you or Don, uh, how do you guys go about getting the message out without having $2 million, $500,000? How do you go about getting the message out? It's door-to-door. It is phone call to phone call, and it is having real grassroots volunteers. None of my volunteers are paid. They're out there because they know me, they believe in me, and it's every one of those face-to-face interactions does actually matter, and it's why I find it to be interesting that we put so much wait on social media when the face-to-face old-school grassroots door knocking and shaking hands still has a massive impact on people and they're grateful for the relationships we're talking with lee brown a candidate in the congressional district eight mecklenburg county cabarrus county union county anson county stanley county columbus montgomery. county montgomery robeson and scotland richmond, scotland, richmond, county richmond scotland yep, robeson yep, yep so where will you be what's going on election day Well, Election Day, I want to hit at least nine different precincts. We're trying to figure out our plan right now. But let's be honest, I'll end up in Cabarrus County close to home so that I can be with my family and my most loyal supporters and we'll do like everybody else and hit refresh on the North Carolina Board of Elections website and see what's happening. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it is a, it's going to be, and it's, you know, there's your race, there's District 6, which is, you know, hotly contested. There's also going to, you know, obviously District 10, Patrick McHenry's old district, which is very, I've been told by a lot of people on both sides of that campaign, that particular race is going to finish in the plus minus margin. You know, the margin of error, like nobody it's knows. It's got to. When you look at the traffic online, that one is up and down every day. No, absolutely. So I, I'm curious. Uh, and just a couple more minutes here. I, I'm just with Lee Brown. That that particular district that you're in, when you got in, did you think there'd be a lot of mudslinging? Did you think everyone would be Southern gentlemen? Like, what did you think would be the case when you got into that particular district? Well, when I got in and first talked to my consultants, John Bradford was not a factor because he decided at the very last minute to change from the treasurer's race to the 10th, to the 8th. So he was the unknown factor coming in. And I did anticipate a lot of mudslinging because of Mark Harris's personal history. It's just taken a whole different turn because now we have multiple candidates that do not have a permanent residence in the district. We have multiple candidates that have issues going on. So 
it's been interesting, but I will say the, the best surprise of running this time has been the friendships I've made with Alan Balkum and Don Brown. I'm very grateful for what I've learned from them and gotten to be friends with Chris Maples. And I think that's just a, a good side of running that people don't always get to see. Well, Lee, uh, congratulations on a very successful campaign. Everyone that I talk to says that you've done, like people that I talk to behind the scenes says you've done a great job at getting the word out. And you even heard, like I said, Dan Barry said that you've really grown as a candidate. And so I can't thank you enough that you drove from Cabarrus County all the way to Gastonia. Like you were one of the first people that said, hey, Brett, I'm trying to get in. I'm trying well, to get in. Let's be fair. I found the bad email, and Mike Schaefer fixed it. I'll give him all the credit for that. I did find it you first did. because I'm willing to come to Gastown, and I spent my whole life making fun of Gaston County, so i got to come <laughs> spend some money here. That's right. Well, look, win or lose, doesn't matter. I will be talking to you on Tuesday night. Well, it'll be a fun conversation either way, and I can't wait to continue supporting WBT, and thank you for what you do to keep it local. Awesome. All right, when we come back, a special guest just walked through the door, and I had no idea this was actually going to happen. So this particular guest that everyone knows, everyone will know his name that is listening to us right now. So this particularly special person when we return, I'm Brett Jensen coming to you live from the Vintage in Gastonia, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. One more final segment here at the Vintage in Gastonia. Cigar Club, Whiskey Bar, Bourbon Bar. They have all the brands that are very difficult to get. It's not just your typical rot gut, not your typical Jack Daniels. It is like the good stuff. And so I appreciate everyone coming out here tonight. Tonight was the first time we did my Cigar Club, and we had probably... Almost 60 people actually showed up tonight, maybe a little bit more, and it's been fantastic, and everyone's enjoying a cigar, including myself, and everyone who showed up and reserved got a free cigar when they walked in, so this is fantastic. All right, so we got about seven minutes to go here, and I'm sitting there talking to Lee Brown, and all of a sudden, this, this, uh, this figure comes walking through the, hall, through, the, through the room and, you know, meandering and snaking his way through the crowd. Through the smoke is what you're trying to say. And then all of a sudden, yeah, through the smoke, it was like, like a fog machine was following him mm -hmm. everywhere. And then Bo Thompson, who has to be up 
at what, 2.45, 3 o'clock in the morning every day so he could actually do the number one rated morning show in Charlotte, showed up in Gastonia, and I want to tell you, I've known you for a very long time, over a decade, and I am truly honored that you decided to drive all the way over here to Gastonia. I came to meet Brett Jensen. Where is he? <laughs> right, right, right. That's the only reason I came. I wanted to get an autograph and uh, see the guy in person. No, no. I, of course, I'm, hey, look, I, you, you've come out to support me at things so many times. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be able to return the favor. So this is cool. I mean, this place is hopping. This place is hopping. This place is gorgeous. Like, it's a really, really, they got, like, the private section room back there if you're a member. And this is the main lounge. And they got the front area if you don't want to, if you want to be separated from the smoke and the great food and everything else like that. So what's going on in Bo Thompson's world as we get closer to Election Day? You were just talking about it, talking to Lee Brown, and I heard uh, your guest a little bit earlier talking about the race. I mean, it is a fascinating race. We had the debate, uh, what, about a month ago, and uh, Tuesday's the day, and I feel like I have less of an idea of how this thing's going to go than maybe any race in a long time. I mean, and that makes it that much more fascinating. I mean, they have all, really, from that night uh, all the way up until now. I mean, what a, what a fascinating and well-run race by, by everybody involved. Well, and as we talk about the, the, the election, the congressional races directly around Mecklenburg County, because District 14 is Tim Moore's race, and that's the district we're actually in right now. And it's part of Mecklenburg County and all of northern Mecklenburg County. That, that's a foregone conclusion. But you look at District 10 with Pat Harrigan and Gray Mills. That's everything that I've been told by all the political insiders, all the pollsters, that's within the uh, plus-minus margin for error. That's going to be very close. Nobody, I've talked to six people today, nobody has a clue what's going to happen in District 6 with Mark Walker, Bo Hines, all those people, and then we've got District 8. Like, this is extremely interesting. And then you have the... Uh the governor's primary, yeah, you know, uh, Mark Robinson and Bill Graham and, and Dale Falwell, and Dale Falwell's gotten some uh, some some big endorsements in the last few days. I mean, uh, and of course, uh, the top of the ticket. I mean, uh, we saw what happened in South Carolina. You know, Nikki Haley's still hanging in there. Uh, it's going to be, and, and President Trump is holding a rally in, in Greensboro coming up on Saturday, and then I believe Nikki Haley uh, is. Uh, here, uh, what Friday night, tomorrow night? I mean, yeah, tomorrow you know, night, uh, South in South Boulevard. Yeah, yep. So, I mean, it's, I mean, this is the time of year we live for. It is. I mean, this is this is absolutely fascinating because usually you always have like a clear cut favorite. There's not a clear cut favorite in three of those races. I mean, they're just not. And those congressional races. Then you got what's going on in the local politics. You've got the you know a, the Democrat primary for a county commission, three people for five spots. A lot of people are really, truly wondering on the Democrat side and even the Republican side whether or not Pat Coffin is going to get reelected. A lot of people are concerned about that. Then you've got the, you know, the District 42 Senate race between the two women. One filed a lawsuit against the other one yesterday that we broke on WBT. So, I mean, it is. Uh, and the race, the race uh, for for uh, th that you and I, when, when, when we were there for the uh, uh, Charlotte Republican Women's Club, and they had the debate between the two candidates there. Yep. That's gotten – it was already contentious, but it's gotten downright nasty in the last uh, last week, and, and a lot of that has been broken on your show. Well, and like – yeah, and, then, like, and 
when when one of them yesterday filed a two hundred fifty thousand dollar lawsuit against the other one for libel and slander to the one that you moderated? Like, yeah, that's that's uh, between Stacey McGinn and Jamie Daniel. That's a uh, that's a highly contested one. You know, it's the one. You know, and I had I spoke to Pat Cawtham last week. That's the one that I I'm really wondering what's going to happen if there is a carryover effect because the very far left Democrats. The, the very far left are the ones that are really trying to take it out on Pat because of Trisha. Yeah, and and you know we, we lost Lynn Wheeler last weekend, and I, I think about can, uh, political candidates, whether you're Republican or Democrat, in Charlotte that have made uh, that have just been mainstays uh, on the council or on the commission. Uh, obviously, Lynn Wheeler was mayor pro tem and and just a, a fixture for many many years on city council. But Pat Cotham. I mean, if this if this somehow is the end of the road, at least for now, for Pat Cotham, think about how long that legacy is. And, uh, you know, she's one of those people who I think, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, we were talking about this on our show with you a couple days ago, uh, she's one of those people that I think uh, uh, a lot of the average voters respect because they know uh, that she'll she'll reach across lines if she feels a certain way. Uh, I feel like you, you, you know when you deal with somebody like her that it's a, it's a, a belief that's held uh, th that's coming from deep down and not just something she's trying to do to be the flavor of the month. Right now, there's been about 5%, 6% of the eligible voters in Mecklenburg County who have voted. Mm -hmm. He'll do the push over the last couple of days and then especially on Tuesday. So maybe he'll get about 12%, maybe, which is going to be a pretty low turnout. But at the same point, that means even more so that every vote truly does count because you're not being swamped by thousands and thousands it's a very small subset i tell you the thing that intrigues me the most and going back to district number eight which you spent a lot of this hour talking about uh is the runoff that's most likely gonna come out of this and 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 how that stacks up because then you have issues with turnout people who turn out for this primary are one thing but people who turn out for the uh what's going to be what uh, uh i don't know the exact date of may 14th my birthday okay well like That's i said the reason i know well w people will turn out to celebrate your birthday but will yeah. they come out for the election I don't know. <laughs> but look at this room i mean they turned out for your cigar event so they did they this is impressive did. man i'm 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 glad that I, I i came down here because i heard you talking about it on the air but i don't think you get full a full appreciation for uh, the turnout and the and the ambiance. And when they said you were doing this, what did I say? I said that's the perfect thing for you. you did. I'm glad we're doing it, and I hope we do it you more. Absolutely did. So we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, I'm curious as we go into tomorrow and everything. I am very uh, again. Good morning, BT. Six to ten a.m. tomorrow morning with Bo and Beth. I am curious to see when you talk about this best reaction because she's not exactly a cigar person let's be honest and that's okay no i get it i'm curious <laughs> to see what her is she gonna go bo did you smell like a cigar for the last five hours <laughs> it's like i'm gonna have a time to take a shower between now and then no uh no I, look i'll tell her what i'll what I, I will tell her the honest truth she should have been here this is now look she had stuff going on this afternoon right. so i talked to her and she you know she wished she, she could have been here but i what i mean by that is i i, I would like to her to see this in person to appreciate uh, the turnout and the atmosphere because it really is awesome well Bo, I, I again i am uh extremely honored that you actually drove here and i'm not just saying that because we work together but it, this truly meant a lot to me that you actually drove all the way out of here well we talk about it all the time uh you know it's a very cohesive staff we have right now we're we're all friends and you and i especially go back a long way and, and you're a, i consider you a great friend so of course i'm going to come out to this and i'm glad i did 
All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us tonight here at the Vintage in Gastonia. Again, I want to thank Dan Barry, who called in, Lee Brown, who joined me, and, of course, Bo Thompson and Dan Weiss, the owner of the Vintage Cigar and Whiskey Club, Whiskey and Cigar Club. I always say cigar first because that's closer and near and dear to my heart. And, Isaac, thank you for running this match show back at the station. I really do appreciate it. Until tomorrow night, everyone, have a great night. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.